Welcome to Sister Scriptorians, where we are devoted to learning, likening, and lifting others one principle at a time. Episode 77, Thy Ways Are Just. So my mind spun around and around this week on just a phrase found in 2 Nephi chapter 26. In fact, I kept kind of arguing with myself, just move on to where Nephi is addressing the Gentiles. But my mind just wouldn't let it go. And the phrase is, but I must cry unto my God, thy ways are just. Thy ways are just. What a remarkable exclamation from Nephi. So I must back up a little bit in order to be able to give you context for his admiration and also his support and witness that God's ways are just. So last week I focused on the grace of the Lord and how because of it and because of our faith, we're made alive in Jesus Christ. As much as Nephi desired to teach his people that in Christ they are made alive, he also wanted them to recognize how dead the law of Moses was. I believe he had some fear that they might be inclined to mistake that their exactness with all of the do's and don'ts of the law of Moses may actually be what saves them instead of a remission of their sins through the enabling power of Jesus Christ, which we know really does save us. Nephi desired his people to keep doing what they had been doing, but to have their eyes focused on the future coming of the Messiah with his commandments and his ordinances. He desired them to fully embrace the Messiah and to not get hung up on the law of Moses like the Jews in Jerusalem will. The law of Moses was not to become their stumbling block or their barrier from coming unto Christ. However, he wanted to impress upon his people. However, he wanted to impress upon his people to keep keeping the laws and ordinances under the law of Moses. Don't abandon this before the appointed time because this law was in similitude of the Savior. It was the preparatory law for them to be able to receive the Savior when he comes to them. But make no mistake, the right way, the way to truly be made alive, was and is to believe in Jesus Christ and to deny him not. Christ is the Holy One of Israel, Nephi says. Wherefore ye must bow down before him and worship him with all your might, mind, and strength, and your whole soul. And if ye do this, ye shall in no wise be cast out. These words of wisdom are crucial to preparing his people to meet the Savior. Why? Because Nephi knows. He has seen that many will stumble and not be permitted to be in the Lord's presence. Nephi is plainly giving instruction to his brethren and to his children. 
on how to be able to greet the visitation of the Savior. He wanted them to look for him, to know who it was that stood before them, how they should respond to him, and how they should completely and utterly submit themselves unto him. Nephi knows that it will be many hundreds of years before this event even occurs. But can't you feel it in his writings? No time is to be wasted. No soul is to succumb to this adversary. No opportunity to connect with the Savior should be passed by. And that takes us into chapter 26 of 2 Nephi. Nephi plainly tells his brethren and his people that after Christ shall have risen from the dead, he shall show himself unto you, my children and my beloved brethren. In a future time, they will get their chance to be in the presence of Jesus. The privilege will not only belong to the Jews in Jerusalem, but the seed of Lehi will be privileged as well. One of the purposes of Nephi being given such a clear vision of the destiny of his people from generation to generation up to the point of the visitation of Jesus Christ and then all the way to to the destruction of his people is to give them a path, a map, a picture in the people's minds as to how everything will take place and therefore for them to make a clear decision as to which side of the line they choose. This is not unlike the vision that we have regarding the coming of the Lord a second time and how that vision or that picture in our minds, it's becoming clearer and clearer with each general conference and prophetic teaching from our beloved prophet. Nephi must have been beloved to his people because of the picture that he painted in their minds and the light that he shined on the path that will bring them light and life. Very clearly, Nephi warns his people that there will come a time when great wars and contentions will be among the Nephites. There will be, however, the knowledge given of signs to look for, For not only of the birth of Jesus Christ, how they will know that he is actually on the earth, but also of his death and also of his resurrection. Though they will not be in close proximity to Jerusalem, they will, according to their faith, have signs manifested that things are happening. A message, if you will. Be patient. Your time is coming. You're next. The day that these signs are manifested, Nephi says, will be great and terrible for the wicked. They will perish, and this is the consequence of their behavior, for casting out the prophets and the saints, for stoning them and slaying them. When the sign of the Savior's death shall come, The cry of the blood of the saints shall ascend up to God from the ground against the wicked. All those who are proud and do wickedly shall burn up and become a stubble. 
They will be swallowed up in the depths of the earth. Mountains shall cover them. Whirlwinds shall carry them away. Buildings shall fall upon them and crush them to pieces. Thunderings, lightnings, earthquakes, and all manner of destruction will come. For the fire of the anger of the Lord shall be kindled against them. Can you imagine being Nephi and seeing all of this? And then feeling the deep responsibility to spare as many of your people from such devastation as you possibly can. I can imagine him thinking, if I plant the seeds in this young man and in this young woman, I've saved a future family for generations. I can imagine that thought process. I can imagine him searching for the words and the right way to encourage his people to use their agency wisely, to choose Jesus over any other allurement that the adversary might dangle in front of them, or to use Elder Peter Johnson's three Ds of the adversary over any deception, any distraction, or any discouragement that the adversary might use against them. And though it pained Nephi's soul, and he expressed anguish for witnessing the slaughter of his people, he could cry unto God, Thy ways are just. Thy ways are just. I have thought about what it would require for us to declare at painful phases of our life. Thy ways are just. That implies all the devastation and destruction was deserved and necessary. Nephi tells us that his soul is pained and filled with anguish because of the loss of the slain of my people. Yet despite this anguish, he can still proclaim thy ways are just. And the only thing that I can contemplate that would allow an individual to see past the horrific, to see that the deepest yearnings of their heart and all of their best efforts that didn't produce the righteous result that they so much desired was that they had truly come to know the love of God. It feels good and comforting, like a warm, fuzzy blanket to talk of the mercy and the love of Jesus Christ. I love it. I love watching someone's eyes brighten when you let them know about about the Savior's mercy. Justice, it's it's not as fun. (laughs) Sometimes it's just not as fun. Not all the time, but sometimes. Justice does feel reassuring when we have added the characteristic of God that he is merciful and full of grace, abundant in goodness and slow to anger. And I believe Nephi knew this to be true of the Lord. Though the teaching of Jesus Christ as found in the New Testament had not occurred yet, the Spirit undoubtedly, or perhaps angels or even the Lord himself, tutored Nephi as to the love that God has for his children. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever, did you catch that? That whosoever, 
believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. He will give them a new commandment when he comes, that ye love one another as I have loved you. Because to love is to be born of God. God is love. And to love one another is to have God dwell with us. And by loving and having him dwell with us, that is how we are then perfected. And by doing so, fear that brings all of those bad behaviors bubbling up inside of us, fear is cast out. All that torment is gone because perfect love casts out fear. Jesus says he loves us. In fact, he has loved us with the same love that Father loves him with. And if we desire to continue in his love, he points us to the way to do that. And he teaches us, keep my commandments. He keeps fathers and he instructs us to keep his. That is where joy is found. This is where we are made whole. Therefore, he goes on to instruct us to then love one another as he has loved us. And how much does he love us? Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends, if ye do whatsoever I command you. Sister Scriptorians, we are the friends of Jesus The Nephites were the friends of Jesus. All that he had, he revealed to them. Continuing in John in the New Testament, Jesus instructs his disciples, Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what the Lord doeth. But I have called you friends, for all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. Up until the time of the sign of his death, The seed of Lehi had been given everything. They were not the servants of the Lord, where secrets were kept from them. No, they were his friends. And he had fostered his friendship with them by sending them prophets and by stirring up the hearts of those who would follow until they could be called saints. Nephi knew He witnessed that the Lord's love had been shown over and over again to his people. And this is why Nephi could declare through his anguish, thy ways are just. Because bringing these individuals back perhaps to their heavenly home may have been the only thing that could save them from themselves, from further sin and darkness. That is the mercy of God at work while being just. So how can we declare in our anguish and pain, thy ways are just, when our righteous endeavors or the deep yearnings of our heart that appear to be in alignment with God's plan, but they go unanswered, or in our perspectives, terribly wrong? Again, the only thing that I can imagine that can be done is to see the love of the Lord at work. And sometimes it's hard to see his hand. If you can, wonderful. But sometimes it's hard. Nephi probably could see the Lord's hand, but he didn't make him feel better. It didn't spare him from the pain. 
The only thing that could would be to see the purity of God's love and how never-ending it truly is, how it transcends this time into the eternities, how it is so much bigger than what we can imagine, how it's infinite, how his purposes span farther than our minds can fathom, how sometimes he takes away to protect and also to exalt, how no matter what, because we've chosen him, we are his friends. He laid his life down for his friends. He laid it down for you. He loves you. So keep striving. Keep trying to keep his commandments. Try everything you can to open the pathway of revelation between you and the Spirit so that eventually he can reveal to you all things that he has heard from Father and make it known unto you because his ways are just. Sister Scriptorians, you are the Savior's friend. He loves you. And though you may be experiencing anguish, pain, or confusion at this time, keep keeping the commandments. Keep working on your friendship with him. He is merciful. His ways are just. You may not understand everything, and your pain may not be taken away from you. That does not mean he is removed from you. Love him like he has loved you. Make it a great day.